You're listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Novell. With the help of successful individuals across industries, Dirk breaks down the unknown parts of every vocation while highlighting the importance of finding a career where you can leverage your natural skills, passions, and interests. Now here's your host, Dirk Novell. Everybody, this is Dirk Novell. Welcome to my podcast. On with me is a, a close friend of mine, Ron Paborski. Ron, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah, welcome, man. Uh, Roddy is a guy that I got to know years ago and a little backdrop. And one of the reasons I, I love Ronnie, he's super funny. We, we seem to have a similar sense of humor, similar uh, interest. But, you know, he's also in my industry and I've come across some really talented people in this business. And Ron's one of the guys uh, that we're going to get into, like as far as the different entities that you can work in. He's in the banking side of the mortgages. So uh, it's one of the options like I'm in the mortgage banking. There are brokers. He's on the banking side. So I think he's going to offer some really valuable insight to that world. Uh, but he's also just a really well-rounded guy, an amazing dad, great husband, funny. Uh, but I think you're going to really enjoy it. So anyway, Ronnie and I met years ago. He was interested in getting involved with the coaching that I do. And I remember sitting exactly where I was in my car when I was working at Fairway and I got a call from Ron, I could tell right away, like this guy would fit in perfect with our group. And then ultimately he did join. And then because of that, we've had a lot of cool opportunities to hang out in, you know, all over the country, Costa Rica. Uh, we went to a meditation event together with our wives. So I've gotten to know Ronnie really well. So anyways, I'm rambling at this point, Ronnie, why don't you, Let's just say, uh, I know you're going to Kauai here next week. Let's just say you're on the plane and someone sit down, uh, sits next to you and asks you what you do. Uh, how would you say it in your own words? Yeah, that's interesting. And, and I was thinking about when you and I first met Dirk, and I really knew of you. I've known of Dirk Novell for a long time. We shared some business partners that uh, we do business with. I always really heard great things about you. So it was really uh, fun to get to meet you, and and you were exactly like I thought you were going to be, just a really good guy and caring and big heart and, and successful and all that stuff. So uh, it's been great to get to know you better and your your beautiful wife and family too. So yeah, it's cool. Thank you, buddy. Back at you. Um, you know, it's funny. Like uh, this whole, uh, you know, there's a there's a term called it, like an elevator speech, that you go to these sales conferences and they're like, you know, oh yeah, you got to have your elevator speech handy, you know. You know, and that's an elevator speech is something that is designed to, you know, in the ride from the first floor to the 20th floor to give somebody a little bit of a glimpse on what you do for a living and maybe pique some interest in them. So uh, I, I always go go back and forth on being a sales guy and, and just sharing information, whatever. But, you know, I'm really in the business of helping people, you know, navigate real estate finance. Uh, some people it's daunting, you know, I, I taught first time home buyer seminars years ago and, uh, it was super rewarding for me to, you know, have somebody go through my class and then meet with me afterwards and find out that they could get a mortgage when they, they raised their family in rental housing because they didn't think they could ever, you know, buy a place. They never had, they thought you had to have 20% down. Uh, and it was super rewarding to be able to get them into that first house like zero down VA, negotiate to have the seller pay all their closing costs. And they basically buy a house for nothing out of their pocket almost. Have them come back a few years later and do a refinance. 
and uh, they come in and they they say with pride, like, you know, hey, Ron, it's because of you, I've got a Home Depot credit card now. But it was like they were doing the, the repairs on their own home that they own now, and you can really see that pride of ownership. So, you know, that's what I do is I really, uh, I help real estate professionals, you know, put tricky deals together. I help first-time home buyers. You know, anybody that's interested in one to four unit housing, um, I provide financing around that. So, you know, when you're talking and, and for the folks that are listening or watching either or, you know, Ron, as you can tell, is just a very likable guy. Like, I think, you know, one of our coaches says the people with the most friends wins. And what he means by that is you, people who have a lot of contacts that like you uh, tend to do well because everybody needs a loan. And you can tell Ron really cares about what he does. And I just... I didn't mean to interrupt, but as a side note, like when you're trying to figure out what you want to do in your career, you know, when you truly genuinely give a damn and you care, it, it elevates you to a level like that Ron's been able to experience. Like Ron is one of the better producers in the Pacific Northwest. So pay attention to the, uh, the genuineness of how he cares. And like when you decide to get into what you do, you know, really think about what it is, the why. And so, Ron, um, getting into your your world a little bit, and then we'll kind of go backwards a little. Talk to me about like, you know, you started off in the industry with Cobalt, Caliber, I think Guaranteed Rate, even Countrywide, I think was your first stint. And now you're in the world of the bank world. What brought you to that type of institution? Because I'm not in the bank world and I'm in your same industry, but what is it about the banking uh, mortgage side that is so appealing to you? You know, I don't, I don't, you know, think of what I do and where I work as really working for a bank per se, you know, um, and I've worked for various banks, you know, uh, I worked for Wells Fargo for almost a decade. Um, I started out working for a mortgage broker, you know, then worked for mortgage bankers like, like you work for now. Um, Wells Fargo was a cool company initially where you had the backing of a big bank behind you, but yet you kind of got to manage your own P&L. So it didn't feel, you know, as bureaucratic as some of these banks. Um, you know, my background was I was in the Navy and the Navy is this huge bureaucracy. And I liked a lot of things about the Navy, but I hated the bureaucratic part of the Navy. And I really hate that part of, you know, banking per se, like Wells Fargo, was cool initially, and then it got super bureaucratic, and it just wasn't a good fit for me. Plenty of people like that environment. It wasn't a good fit for me. You know, left Wells, got into mortgage banking side of things, worked for, you know, First Horizon, Countrywide, Cobalt Mortgage. And this position I'm in now for First Security Bank, you know, really the reason I'm here is my boss. Uh, my boss, Don, Don Costa, you know, they call us the Ron and Don Show. Uh, we're the same age. We're good guys. We care about doing the right thing for people. And it just happens to be on a banking platform, um, which I really like. I don't uh, I don't feel encumbered in any way. A lot of people in mortgage banking feel like, you know, oh, God, I would I would never work for a bank. And, you know, I laugh and think to myself, you know, I wouldn't either. And I'm like, oh, wait, you do work for a bank. So it just doesn't feel like a bank to me. Yeah. The reason I bring it up is not to make a, you know, be specific about it. But if you're interested in getting into this business and we'll get into, you know, Ron is not only a producer, but he also has a management role. So he actually works with 
uh, people underneath him, helping them, you know, get better at what they do. But there are advantages and differences to the type of institution you work at. And just being a mortgage banker, I see the benefits and, and of working for the bank. And Ron works for a smaller bank. I worked at B of A, which was like Cold War Russia. Like you couldn't do anything without asking permission. But I, Ron doesn't have, I think, those restrictions as bad. But if you're thinking about this industry, I think it's important that you do your research and understand the pros and cons, the differences between broker, mortgage bankers, and banks. So tell me, like, if you don't mind, like, you've been in the business, what, 22 years, 23 years? No, over 30. I started oh, uh, boy. summer of 1990. Okay, I'm way off. You're yeah. okay. So what is it like? I mean, you seem, I know you're a super chill guy and you kind of roll with the punches, but is there anything that caught you off guard? Like, and the reason I asked that question is I think it's really valuable insight to someone that's looking at getting into your business or our business, like what good and bad, is there something that like surprised you about the industry that maybe you didn't see in the first few years. And then now that you've been in it for a while, you're like, Whoa, I had no idea that this was part of my business. Yeah, it's funny, you know, there's very few people, I think, that that get into mortgage banking on purpose. You know, most people stumble into it. Uh, I got into it. I had an ex-girlfriend that, um, you know, she, we, lived, we lived in Hawaii. I'd gotten out of the Navy while I was in Hawaii and got a job as a commodities broker for a couple of years there. And she was working for a very successful mortgage originator, just a two-person team. And when we left Hawaii, came to Seattle, um, she went to work for a mortgage company, U.S. Bank Corp Mortgage. And I got another sales job that was a terrible job for a year. And um, she said, you know, you should talk to Rich about, uh, you know, her, her boss at, at U.S. Bank Corp Mortgage was starting a mortgage company. And she said, you should talk to Rich about, you know, being a loan officer. And I didn't really know what a loan officer did. I just kind of thought of myself as a sales guy and uh, went out and met Rich. And, you know, our industry is interesting. The barrier to entry is very low. Like, I don't have a college degree. I probably have about three years worth of college, uh, never finished. Um, so you don't have that college degree requirement. You know, maybe it's a plus, maybe it's not. Um, it's more of, uh, I think you have to have a... Uh, you know, a, a, a go-getter type of uh, personality. You know, you need to be able to go out and meet people. So you kind of have to have a, you know, a blend of, of you know, being able to structure loans or I like, that's my kind of gift is, you know, structuring something uh, like linear thinking from point A to point B, how to figure out all the little challenges in between. But, um, you know, roadblocks, whatever it had, like, like I remember, you know, when I first decided I really liked mortgage banking, because, you know, you've got to go out and make these cold calls is, you know, what we did back in the day. And um, they're hard. You know, you got to get your guts up out in the parking lot and fire yourself up to go in and, you know, meet somebody that you don't know. And, and you don't even really know. I didn't really know what I was talking about at the time. You know, you had just a little bit of training, just enough to be dangerous. You know, FHA, I knew what the Federal Housing Administration, I knew FHA was a loan, but I didn't really know anything about loans. And uh, I, I remember I, I uh, cold called this one uh, Century 21 office and pulled in. And, you know, uh, in Hawaii, I'd worked for a company that we were one of the only companies that wore suits every day. So 
I had kind of a collection, some nice suits, you know, always like to dress well. So I pull into this office in Everett uh, with my nice suit on and there's the receptionist, you know, they call the receptionist the gatekeeper. And you can see past the reception desk, all the cubicles where the agents work and nobody was there except one person. So I walk in and I had my little script, you know, I'd say, you know, hi, my name's Ron Paborski. I work with Tai Mortgage. I'm expanding my territory to cover your office. You know, is there anybody here I can talk to? You know, which was hilarious because I didn't have a territory. I'd never done a single loan, you know? So she looks at me and she's like, uh, okay, hang on. And I can see her walk back into the cubicles there and, you know, whisper in this girl's ear and points to me and, you know, I'm standing up front there. The gal comes out. She says, uh, hey, do you guys, will you guys lend on uh, manufactured homes on leased land? <laughs> like, uh, well, you know, I know we have in the past, you know, so I, I had my old uh, cell phone, those big shoe phones. I go, let me call my boss. And I, I get Rich on the phone and I go, hey, Rich, will we lend on manufactured homes on leased land? He goes, Ron, just take the 1003 and we'll figure it out. I'm like, just take the 1003. Okay. And this girl's looking at me now. And I go, okay, Rich. All right. <laughs> thank you. All right. See you a little bit. And you're hung up. I'm, I'm going to go back to the office and figure this out with Rich. And I didn't even know what a 1003 was, but the same gal gave me a lead. And it was uh, the guy that owned a Chinese restaurant. And the only time this guy would meet me was after, after hours. So I drove up at Marysville completely opposite direction where I lived. And I, I was there like 7.30. I had to hang out from 7.30, 8.30 till the restaurant closed. The guy brought me over a little plate of pot stickers. And uh, I was dry. I remember driving home that night about 10 o'clock at night and I wasn't in a bad mood. I wasn't upset. So I'm like, all right, this is, this is maybe the career for me. And that was the first thing that, you know, I think that getting into mortgage banking, maybe you don't realize as hard as it is, you know, in 2020, 2021, it was so easy to, to do loans, you know, at very low interest rates. And right now at higher interest rates, it's hard, you know, so you've got to kind of pick yourself up and you've got to motivate yourself and you got to have a plan. And, you know, that was the one thing I wasn't prepared for is there's a ton of rejection. So you kind of got to be made a Teflon. I mean, you'll have family members that'll use somebody else for their mortgage. <laughs> and you're like, Wow, I mean, you guys know I'm a loan officer, right? That's what I do for a living. So you just kind of have to be okay with that and understand that it's a numbers game and just be able to move on. I, yeah, I love it. I love what you're saying because I think if you're paying attention right now and you're listening and you're reading between the lines, you got to be creative. You got to have grit. You, you know, if you're a quiet person that doesn't want to uh, rub shoulders with people and get to know people, you know, this is probably not the right industry for you. There's uh, there's options and jobs within the mortgage industry that could work well for you. You know, you don't have to be on the front end. But if you're listening to Ron, I mean, that's what makes Ron so good is he's just a naturally uh, likable and he likes people. And um, but you but you see, it's not easy. I mean, any sales job in the beginning, especially you're going to have to get out there. And, you know, Ron, we can talk a little bit about like, you know, I know a lot of people, I grew up here, so I naturally leveraged that database when I first started, but there's other ways, better ways in, in a lot of ways to make money in this business is to start working with people uh, that have influence, referral partners, realtors, builders, CPAs, financial planners. But 
Um, Ron is a guy, again, the reason I wanted to bring him on is I knew about Ron, but like Ron knows everybody. Like we seem to have this, um, you know, you know, Dirk or, you know, Ron, but like anytime I bring Ron's name up, somebody knows who he is. So I think that's really important to consider if you want to get into this line of work, uh, you, you have to know people. And if you don't know people, you're going to have a tough job, I think for a while, because it's all about getting your name out there. Um, so, you know, you also talked about the loyalty. I mean, this is the kind of stuff I started the podcast for. I want you to know like the good and the bad, like there are things about the mortgage industry that I can't stand. And I wish somebody, I wish somebody had articulated, but when you talk about loyalty, yeah, that's a big thing because I have family that hasn't used me or neighbors or friends, you know, they'll leave you for $500 or an eighth in rate. And I think not to be negative, but that's one of the things that I, I, I want people to understand is like, this is a commoditized business and you have to be prepared for it. Um, is there anything else that I don't want to be negative, but is there anything else that you've learned about the business that kind of rubs you the wrong way? You know, I wanted to just kind of take a step back to, you know, the thing about being connected and who, you know, okay. I think that's the, the most important thing for somebody that's, you know, starting out in their career. And, and I think it's potentially hard, you know, today, people don't seem to be like my son's 23. Uh, he went to college. He was in a fraternity. He's got his fraternity brothers. That's a really good you know, group of people. But I don't see as many young people today understanding the importance of being connected and knowing people. Um, I was always really good at going to you know various networking events and putting myself out there but you know, you're saying what you said early on like the person with the most friends wins it's really all about who you know you know it seems kind of cliche like it's not what you know it's who you know you kind of have to know some stuff too but really it's being connected and knowing who's out there and then bringing this mindset of how can i help you you know it's not there's a there's a term called commission breath where when somebody like all they're interested in is getting a deal and it's so just freaking obvious that they don't give a shit about you at all. All they want to do is, you know, you know, get a transaction and move on. So having this mentality of, you know, doing the right thing for people and, and uh, trying to connect people, there's nothing better than being a connector when you're talking with somebody and what's going on, what are you working on? Oh, I need some help doing whatever and going, Oh man, I got just the person for you. You need to reach out to so-and-so. And that's when your, your, your job in life, whatever your career is, gets so much easier when you know a lot of people and they know you. You, know, you can't really make that much of a difference if you don't really know people or have a connection with people or haven't spread your, you know, your bandwidth out there. So I think that's a key thing is whatever somebody's doing, they really, you have to end up knowing a lot of people, you know, yeah. get, get, put yourself out there. Um, you know, negatives of the mortgage industry, uh, it is, you know, there's definitely a perception of being a commodity, you know, and it's people will say like, well, you've got to just work on your value proposition. You know, what differentiates you from the other people that do what you do? So you kind of have to have, you know, a, a game plan around how you're going to differentiate. But at the end of the day, you could, you know, show all this value in the world. Somebody else's what's important to them may only be the lowest rate. So, you know, I've had people say, hey, Ron, you've been great. You know, I really appreciate everything you've done. We're going to refer all of our friends and neighbors to you. 
and they're going to use somebody else. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, all right, you know, I don't know. It's kind of a compliment. You're like, well, thank you. I'm really glad we were able to spend this three weeks together, and then you you dump me for an eighth in rate, but and you're going to refer people to me, and they're going to go, did you use Ron? No, we didn't, but he'll invest three weeks of time in you, and then you can use somebody else with a lower rate. So that's one kind of downside of mortgage bank a little bit. And yeah, and I'm not trying to sales, though. It's just hard to be in sales. I, it is hard. I mean, that's it's a grind. Um, but Ron's right. Like you have to have a unique selling proposition, uh, and you will attract your tribe. Like I've attracted my tribe. I'm really good at what I do. Like I, I care about winning the relationship. Like I'm not so after the deal. Like there's times where I've referred Ron off on things that I couldn't do or he could do better. Um, I want I want to be that one guy in the industry that is honest not, not that we aren't honest but like i want to be the guy that you trust all the time and um i think if you are authentic and genuine you'll attract your kind of people which i call tribe um so you know, Dirk, you're here to just to interject here yeah you know you and i are so similar in you know we're we're just we care about the relationship more than anything it's funny uh my wife and i were flying to palm springs and a guy, I was on the aisle, she was in the middle, a guy sat on the window, and my wife's Kristen super chatty, well, she started chatting with this guy, well, he ends up being a call, or a Keller Williams a real estate agent, so they get yakking, and this guy ends up being a really good guy, so he asked if I had a business card, I did not have a business card on me, you know, terrible salesman doesn't even have a business card, he gave me his card, so when we got back, I reached out to him, and we ended up connecting, we went to the Roanoke for a drink, and um, we talked for two hours. This guy and I were just having a great time. And, you know, two hours in, he's like, well, what are we doing here, Ron? I mean, what, what are you looking for out of this relationship? I mean, you know, I hadn't even, and I thought about it, you know, later on, I'm like, man, I really need to have more of an agenda when I go do these one-on-ones and I need to ask some closing questions and whatever. But at the end of the day, I would really rather form this relationship. And because of that relationship, and maybe because they like me, then they want to do business with me. I want to share with them what I do and how we can make it maybe make a difference. But like, I'm really more, I'm like you, I'm more interested in the relationship than the deal. I remember the people more than the transaction. You know, I usually forget all the details of transactions. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember you, you're at whatever. You know, and I, I think of the, a lot of these people as friends. Yeah, no, I think that's important. I, I'm terrible at those meetings because I just, I'm really kind of interviewing them too. Like, is this somebody, because loans, here's the deal, folks. Loans, if you're getting into this industry, you'll have scary ones that'll ruin your weekend or your nights. Uh, you'll, you'll have things that happen. You're not only selling it, you're also servicing it. So it's a difficult job, right? You get buy off, you lock in a rate, and then you got to get it done. And no matter how good you are, there's a lot of skill sets and people involved in the process. And sometimes things happen, you know, a low appraised value or whatever. And there's so you have to be like uh, willing to deal with that kind of stuff. And and for me, like I want to work if stuff happens, I want to work with people that respect me, that understand that stuff happens and they're you know, we're all going to do whatever it takes to get to the finish line versus getting yelled at, you know, five times a week. So um, one of the questions, Ronnie, I ask is, you know, in every job, like, and this is the, this is the, I, I say dance a lot. The dance with this podcast is 
you know, and we're going to talk a little bit about your kids if you don't mind, but when you're at that age, you don't have life experience like you and I do. Like you and I are older guys. We've been in the business for a long time. You, you don't know what you don't know. But like when I was young, I wanted to be in technology. I wanted to uh, make a lot of money. I, I mean, I just wanted to move up the ladder, be a CEO. And I did technology and I couldn't stand it. So like for me, freedom is like number one. I want to be able to, I never miss birthdays. I never miss holidays. I coach my kids in sports. I wake up with them. I go to bed with them. Like I don't want to be away from my family. Um, for you, in the industry, what are the non-negotiables, the things that like you must have, or I should say the things that you do get out of this industry? Because I think it's good to kind of articulate that to a young audience who doesn't really understand, you know, beyond the job, what you're getting because you're in this career. So, I, I mean, I don't know, freedom, uh, there's no cap on compensation. Like, what are the things that you really enjoy out of being in the mortgage business? So it's funny. Um... You know, I got in the business the summer of 1990 and um, fast forward a few years, like had a little mini refi boom in like 92, I think, yeah, 92-ish. Uh, and I had a, had a um, girlfriend that we almost, I almost proposed and uh, we ended up breaking up and it just crushed me. And at the time, the mortgage industry was interest rates were skyrocketing. And, um, you know, I was questioning, like, why am I even in this industry? You know, I'm like, I, I, number one, I don't even like Seattle. You know, at the time, I'm like, I'm a sun person. I'm from California. I moved here from Hawaii. You know, I need to be somewhere sunny. You know, I need to be living and you know, doing this. I need to do medical sales. You know, I had a buddy that was in medical sales. That's what I need to do is medical sales. And I remember reading this book, What Color Is Your Parachute? And in this book, there was a reference of this, this other book called the Dictionary of Occupational Titles. And you can only get this book at the library. So, you know, my girlfriend and I break up. She crushes my heart. I start interviewing to get out of the industry. My dad has a heart attack. I've got to go drive to the Midwest to get his car. And uh, for the first time in my career since I got started, I did a goose egg that month. I had zero loans closed that, that summer. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to the library and I'm going to get that dictionary of occupational titles and I'm going to find the right career for me. You know, so I go down there and going through the book and had you do this kind of test. And then the test says, these are the jobs that are okay jobs for you. And then on up to this is the best job. So some of the okay jobs were like a prison superintendent. Prison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, an attorney. And I get to like the very best job. I mean, this is the pinnacle of all jobs for you, Ron. And it says loan officer. And I'm like, oh my God, you're kidding me. So I, I, I knew the sales technique called the Ben Franklin close. And you go, well, when, when Ben Franklin ever had like a, a big decision to make, he would get a, you know, a, a yellow legal pad out and draw a line down the middle and pros on one side and cons on the other. So I started doing those pros and cons on myself and you know, the pros were, like you said, unlimited income potential. Um, you could really get a client anywhere. You know, uh, you know, it, it, you could get referred by people. All you had to do is do a good job for somebody. And, you know, there's a good chance that they would refer you. And the cons were like, people would screw you over. The business was cyclical and something else. And I looked at the cons and just went, well, 
I mean, people are just kind of going to be people and, you know, you could choose to do business with somebody that's really not a good person or try to only do business with good people. And then the cyclicality of it, I'm like, you know, if you only have one or two loans in your pipe and one falls out, yeah, it's pretty tough. But if you have 10 deals or 15 or 20 deals and a few fall out, it's not a big deal. You just have to have enough to kind of keep going. And I've, I've always enjoyed the freedom that this job gives. Like, you don't fill out a time card. You don't have to come into the office. You know, I prefer to come into the office, but you could work from, your, you know, COVID showed you, you could work from your home office and do whatever. And, you know, our, our job is really, I could meet somebody for a cup of coffee to talk about business, or I could meet somebody for a glass of wine or a cocktail, or I could take them golfing and form a relationship out on the golf course. So, you know, for me personally, I really like a job that doesn't have a lot of structure. You can kind of create your own structure. You can be as successful as you want in mortgage banking. And, you know, we both know guys that are so wildly successful doing this, you know, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's one of those avenues where you can have that kind of success and a lot of freedom. Yeah. I, mean, I still, to this day, I still play a lot of golf. I go on a lot of vacations, you know, I'm still doing loans. So, you know, I just, it's, it's one of those jobs up there where you can, you know, you don't have to log in and do a nine to five and you don't have to work 60 hours a week and still be very successful. Yeah, no, I mean, pay attention to that because not every job is like that sales jobs. I mean, there's a million flavors of sales jobs. You know, you can sell the businesses where you're selling to strangers. Eventually they become people, you know, but in our line of work, we sell to consumers. We also sell to referral partners who are in front of people, but pay attention to kind of like how you get business, right? Uh, if you're someone that moves from New York to Seattle and you don't know anybody, this could be a difficult job for you because you don't have the contacts. But if you grew up in your city or your state or whatever, and you know, you know, college, high school, uh, sports, church, whatever, this could be a really great opportunity for you. And at the end of the day, everybody needs a loan. So why not you is what I always say. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, you had uh, a couple kids, your son, and I think your daughter spent some time working with you, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and then the one of the things too is this industry is like, you know, you can have great markets and you can have terrible markets. And right now we're in a weird market. It's a difficult one for me. I'll speak for myself. Uh, and, you know, at the end of the day, I just got to be better. I mean, I can't bitch and whine about the high rates and low inventory. I just got to find ways to be gritty and differentiate myself. But the reality is this is an industry where you're gonna do really well sometimes and you're gonna get pretty slow. And your kids went through this and then they ended up changing industries, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like, what's your take on that? I mean, that's that's very close to the heart. Like, you know, your advice to your, your daughter and your son, I mean, you want them to be happy. Like, what's your advice to somebody that's maybe struggling or like they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves you know they're right out of college trying to figure out what the heck they want to do like what would you say i mean what did you say to them or what would you say to someone in that age group that's like making it a bigger deal than they should well it's hard to try to figure out what you're going to do for a living and i think there's a lot of pressure on on kids coming out of college to you know have have an idea of what they want to do. And 
I, I certainly didn't know what I wanted to do at 19 years old. You know, that's why, you know, I, I was a knucklehead for a few years and ended up joining the service. But, you know, my daughter, uh, Lexi, uh, when she was in college, so she, she ended up her last, finished her last year and a half or so, um, from home. And, uh, she got a job working for me. So Lexi has an amazing memory, you know, a photographic memory runs in my wife's side of the family. And Lexi has a lot of that, just really crazy smart. She can hear something. Well, she used to sit right outside my office. She was, a, she did marketing and database management, that sort of thing. So she's like a sponge. She would hear what I would say to people. So she knew how to talk to, to people. Um, so she worked here for three years. And then in uh, last year, 2022, in the spring, she ended up getting a, a, a better job. It was funny because, you know, what I, she, she basically doubled, doubled her salary from what I was paying her. But she said, Dad, I wouldn't have been able to get this other job had I not spent those three years working with you because she picked up a lot of skills. You know, she learned about database management, learned about we have a gifting program and, you know, learn the importance of staying in touch with people and learn creative problem solving, all the stuff that these skills that are important for anybody, you know, you're going to have challenges come up and you have to learn how to figure these things out. And uh, Nick was the same way. You know, my son, Nick, he graduated last year. He's 23 now. Um, you know, he'd worked for me in the summer. So he would dial my database in the summer. So he got to experience, you know, people that were very friendly, that knew Nick. I mean, that knew me and, and uh, it was easy to, you know, get business going. Uh, Nick even got a job offer. I mean, one of the people he talked to, he says, uh, you know, I don't know if you work you know, directly for Ron, but you know, I've got an insurance business. I've got a big book of clients. I would love to hire you to, you know, call my database too. And Nick's like, oh, well, you know, Ron's my dad. You know, so that was really flattering to get a, you know, get a, a job offer from somebody that you're, you're dialing up for your dad. But um, yeah, you know, uh, as kids, uh, you got to experiment. And I, I think you can go, you should go into it, you know, with the mindset of like, this doesn't have to be my forever job. You know, going into this, I think maybe the best thing for them to think about is like, what, what skill sets am I going to learn? You know, what skill sets, like, I think a lot of sales, like, you know, having telephone selling skills and having, you know, learn how to be a really good listener you know, it's not so much about interjecting your own ideas, but asking open-ended questions that require, you know, not a yes or no answer, but somebody to, you know, explain what their answer is. That's a really good skill set that you can take into anything, you know. So both kids really got kind of some telephone skills, um, some organizational skills. You know, in lending, there's a lot of little details, you know, the devil's in the details. So they learned those details too. And database management is, is a skill for any kind of sales industry too. You know, the more you know about your clients, um, the better, like when their birthday is, people love a birthday call. Um, you know, thank you for any kind of referral, staying in touch, top of mind. You know, if you ever got a phone call from somebody that says, hey, I've been thinking about you, how are you doing? I think people love it when someone's thinking about them. You know, it just doesn't happen often enough. And I think it's genuine with you too. Like you, you, you like people. I mean, it's part of your DNA and you're not faking it. And that's the thing too, to take notice is you can fake it and be successful. And like the genius zone, you can be in your zone of excellence, but 
it gets exhausting, you know, if, if, if it's not real and, you know, a guy like Ron is out of all the loan officers. I mean, I know a lot of really successful loan officers, but he's one of the, the top ones as far as like, he is perfect in his career uh, because he loves people and everybody that bumps into Ron gets to know Ron loves Ron. So he's really in a, in my opinion, in a perfect career. One of the questions, Ronnie, that I want to ask is like, and sometimes it's a typical coin response, but if you could go back in time, you know, knowing what you know now, would you do anything different? Would you get into the mortgage industry? Would you get into financial services, something different? Um, and the reason I ask this is because you have wisdom and I'm just kind of curious, like, you know, would you do it different based on what you've learned? Yeah, that's such a great question. I was thinking about that the other day. You know, because Nick, you know, my son, when he graduated college, he said, Dad, you know, I really want to get in the mortgage business. I want you to mentor me. It was so flattering. You know, and Lexi ended up getting this other job. So there's room for Nick. And then after a few months, our market continued to deteriorate here and I couldn't afford to keep him. And had to, it was, it was really hard for me to say, you know, Nick, I can't keep you here. And, you know, we need to find something else for you to do. And he ended up getting into life insurance and he's really thriving. So, you know, I'll think about, you know, there's a there's a term like a uh, annuity type of business where, you know, financial advisors, when they sign people up, you know, generally they get paid on assets under management. So if you work your tail off, you can build up a book of business and then get residual income year in and year out on these on your on your efforts. Financial advisors, insurance, a lot of these are this annuity based business. Mortgage lending to, you know, a certain part is the same way, you know, if you've managed your clients properly, you know, cause you, I've always really been pretty good about a database and staying in touch. You know, you want to stay top of mind with people. Um, and that, that's really helped a lot, but. Um, hey, real quick, I want to interject there. Cause this is gold. Like this is, this is not what young adults are thinking about when they, they decide to get into sales. You need to understand, of course, you need to know what you're selling, whether it's a product or service, but how you're compensated. And I, I might, I don't know if I disagree with you. Yes. You, this could be an annuity base. If you have referral partners that are continuing to send you deals, but like I've done deals for clients that I've never done before, you know, one and done. But, you know, financial services, commercial insurance, property casualty, you know, a lot of my friends in these businesses have built a book of business over the years. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And all they need to do is maintain that book. And it's not always easy. They lose clients. But my point is understand behind the scenes how you're compensated, because if you're looking at sales, you probably have an attachment to money or freedom, which I do as well. But understand, like, you know, is this a, something that you're starting over every month? Uh, and, you know, you go to on vacation for two months and, you know, you don't close any deals, you don't get paid. But in an annuity based type environment, you are getting paid. So I think I'm not saying one is better than the other. I mean, it's not easy to be a, a successful financial planner, but keep in mind, like getting paid, how you get paid is really important to understand. So the funny thing, um, you know, I think it's it's natural for people to look at other, you know, industries, other careers and go, oh, man, that guy's really got it made. Um, I was 
playing golf with a guy that's his dad's a financial advisor, his grandfather been a financial advisor, very successful guy. And the, the kid says, hey, dad, I want to I want to follow in your footsteps. I want to be a financial advisor, too. And the dad says, don't do it. You know, people are terrible, you know, and it's, the, the guy's grandfather had given his son the same advice. Do not do this for a living. It's terrible. You know, uh, so the thing about like annuity, I think it's hard to like they, they always say, like, do what you love and the money will follow. So whatever it is that you're doing, you know, like the thing I like about mortgage banking is it, every deal is different. You know, I like the challenge of like if I was just doing, you know, the same thing every day, I think I would get bored with it. You know, I would just be, oh, God, another property casualty policy or another life insurance policy or whatever, the same thing day in and day out. But in mortgage banking, man, I've been doing it over 30 years and you still have these situations that come up that are like, oh, wow, I really got to think about this one. So I love the challenge of, you know, uh, you know, working all these kind of different deals and, you know, trying to structure something. And that's the cool thing about you know, working for a small bank that, that we do, you know, unique loans. So you really get to put your thinking cap on and try to figure stuff out and kind of come to the rescue on some deals. But that's the advice I'd really say is you've got to try to find things that you enjoy doing. You know, maybe you're a numbers person, you know, maybe you're a people person. So finding out what works best for you and then going in all in, all in on that, you know, you could work for somebody else or you could start your own company. You know, I know a lot of guys that, uh, you know, had their own insurance company and they end up selling it you know, when they make a lot of money where, you know, we don't really have a, a sellable business per se. We got a bunch of clients. It's not like selling a business. Um, but that, that'd be the thing is, you know, try to find something you love. And, you know, hopefully it's something that can be lucrative too. And you can take care of your family. And totally. That. And the thing too, about getting back to the different ways you can be in lending, you know, the cool thing about Ron's bank or a banking industry is, they have portfolio loans, which means these are loans that don't have to get sold, which really means there's not a lot of rules. There are rules, but they're make sense deals. So the benefit of looking at a deal and like, yeah, this one makes sense versus, you know, a deal that it doesn't check all the boxes. And that, that is a, a, a real advantage, in my opinion, of working for a bank that has portfolio lending is you get to do deals that, you know, there's deals that I can't do sometimes. And the borrower's like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah. You're right. It is kind of dumb. Uh, but in the banking industry uh, where Ron is, you know, he gets to do a lot of those deals. So I think that's really a great point to, you know, if you're trying to figure out wh which route you're going to go. If somebody w wanted to get into mortgages and let's just say they're dead set, they're all in. Do you have any advice? Like, I mean, would you say just go jump on with a, you know, a company and start dialing? Or would you tell them to go work for a bank or a broker or or find someone they like or a team that, you know, is successful. So they have credibility. What is your advice for somebody breaking into this business? You know, I think it depends on what somebody's background is, you know, maybe, you know, if you're right out of college, you know, maybe you had a, some, a sales job over the summers, you know, maybe you've done that, or maybe, you know, in your, in your university, you, you played a role where you kind of put yourself out there and, you know, you served on committees or whatever. So you're used to kind of being out there and meeting people. Uh, you know, when I first started, the guy that hired me, Rich, 
um, he wanted to hire me to be a processor. So a processor is somebody that kind of does the paperwork on the on the loan. You know, you the, the loan officer is the front end guy. He originates the loan, and then you pass all the paperwork off to this processor who then gets it in the underwriting. So Rich wanted me to, you know, that's how he wanted me to learn the business was to be a processor. Um, but I had been a salesperson for a couple of years and had an ego and just said, hey, you know, I'm not a processor, I'm a salesperson. I'll start out as a loan officer. Um, where you have to be in the right situation. A lot of these sales jobs don't pay much, you know, in salary and any kind of guarantee. And, you know, back then there wasn't really much of a salary. And even today, really being a loan officer is 100% commission. So it's tough for a lot of people to, to get into a sales job that's 100% commission right out of the gates. Uh, learning the loan industry. So I had a buddy, Sean, that, um, you know, he was in food services and saw me as a loan officer. And we talked, to, I did a couple loans for him. We talked about him getting into home lending and he joined me at Countrywide for a couple of years. At the end of the day, what he said when he was on the way out, going to go back to what he was doing. He said, you know, I, you know, from the outside looking in, I thought it would be easier to get clients and harder to learn the loans. But what he discovered was it was easier to learn how to do loans and harder to get the clients. You know, so somehow, somehow you've got to have a little bit of knowledge to understand what you can do. And then you just got to kind of get out there and meet people, you know, and I would do it differently for sure. Like you don't have to cold call. You can be strategic. There's technology today where you could, you could look up like who your ideal client is, whether it's a real estate agent, a financial advisor, whoever, there's all kinds of different sources you can go after for business, but find out who that, who that ideal source is you'd want to go after, get yourself educated you know, where if you want to go after financial advisors, you need to be financially literate um, and then go after, you know, whatever that source is. So you could do it. Maybe ideally is to join a team where you could come on as a team guy and work your way up. Maybe you spend, look at it as like a, as a, uh, you know, uh, uh, mentorship yeah. where you're going to spend a couple of years learning and then you go out on your own. Yeah, that'd be a way to do it. The banks, I don't know about the banks. Like, in a, you do get some business out of the banks, but I think you learn a lot of bad habits. And a lot of people don't want to hire bank loan officers because they go, oh, this guy's worked at a bank. You know, he doesn't know how to hunt. He doesn't know how to get his own deals. He's used to just getting spoon fed from the bank referrals. So, and I don't, I don't even really know that many banks that have a, have a training platform. It's kind of the same thing, but you go to work at the bank, you got a lot more bureaucracy you have to worry about, um, a lot more things you can't do. Um, you get paid less, you know, so it's like, what's the benefit of, and then I'm talking about a big bank, you know, so uh, it just depends on who somebody is, the, the right opportunity. It's hard to get going. Same thing in being a real estate agent, you know, people hear about how much money real estate agents are making, but there's very little training and there's no guaranteed income. When you do get a sale, you can, you can make a lot of money, but you gotta, you gotta figure, you know, you're going to work a lot of weekends initially in either job, you know, so it's not a nine to five job that to start out as a loan officer, you're really, I worked every weekend, you know, going out and visiting open houses and where do you meet people? So, you know, you got to decide if that's, you know, the right thing for you and if you're willing to put in the work. I love it. Before we wrap this up, I have one question I ask at the end, but is there anything I haven't asked you 
that you think is crucial or important that you want to leave the audience with, whether it's, you know, pushing them away from committing to this industry or, you know, pulling them in, like what, is there something, I mean, or do you feel pretty complete? Yeah. I, I think like, you know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head, Dirk, like, like you and I are, we're like, if I was a dog, I'd be a golden retriever, you know, cause I'm always wagging my tail and I just, <laughs> I like people. I genuinely like people. So, you know, I really look at it and go, I am in the right profession for me. Cause I'm just such a people person. Um, but you have to have some strategy around what you're doing. It's hard to, you know, you have to have a long-term plan. And a lot of it was for me, I've always been really into personal development, you know, so you have to read books on, you know, personal development, or if you want to learn more about money, you have to read books about money. So whatever, whatever you're deciding that you want to do as a career, it doesn't, your education doesn't end when you graduate from college. That's really the basics that you got. Now it's like all this, you know, and, and we met in a coaching program. So I've been really involved in personal development for a long, long time and still like to take courses and still like to read sales books. And, you know, you've got to, whatever it is you do, you, you're, you're continuing to invest in yourself and educate yourself, keep your skill sets up there. So, you know, getting a college degree, you know, that's, that's not the end of your education you know, professional development is really going to be the key going forward. Yeah. I mean, you and I both have spent a lot of money on, on that with coaching. And I mean, I think that's huge recipe for success because we're on the cutting edge of learning about whatever in this industry, but we're also learning listening skills and people skills. And uh, I think in any career that you choose, you, you always have to elevate your game and get better and better. And I would say surround yourself with people that are better. Like this yeah. coaching group that Ron and I, like, I'm just a peasant, you know, I show up and I'm like, I mean, that's fine. I'm good at what I do. I'm, I, I like my lot in life, but like these people are very impressive. And I would rather be in a group with people that are doing it at a level that I'm not than be the, the main guy. Uh, I worked for a company for a while and I was the top producer and it kind of, I wasn't, boring but i was like i wanted to learn i wanted to be around better people at my industry so be very um cognitive of who you surround yourself with and then on a deeper level be very cognitive of the the words you use and the language you speak and how you you know speak about yourself because you know ron and i have learned a lot especially through meditation and is um a lot of our success i think is based on strong thoughts and beliefs and um, I know that sounds a little out there, but, you know, pay attention to that as well, because when you're young and you're coming out of school, there's a lot of voices in your head, you know, a lot of people telling you what you should do and shouldn't do. And sometimes you just need to take a step back, try to get into your heart and really think about what makes you unique as a person, what you were born into this world different than anybody else, because those to me are the starting points in terms of trying to determine what you should do with your career. So, um, Ryan, don't, don't underestimate the importance of your associations. Mm -hmm. There's a saying, uh, show, show me who you associate with and I'll tell you who you are. You really got to look at these connections that you have. My son's starting to figure that out. A lot of these guys at 23, they're still acting like they're in college partying every weekend, you know, and you just can't do that. So it, you know, you're going to, who you hang out with is who you're going to become. 
So if you want to be a superstar, you need to start hanging out with superstars, not these guys that are going the other direction. Love it. So let's just say um, mortgage lending, banking, say whatever, it was off the table. You couldn't do it. God came down and said, Ronnie, sorry, you got to. Is there a dream job? Let's just say you could do anything. And the reason I ask this is because it's always interesting for my audience. They've been listening to you for a while. And then, you know, like my dream job is to write movie scores, music scores for movies. I, I love that stuff. Um, is there a dream job for you that like, if you could do anything, um, and you know, don't say I'm doing it. Cause that's just a really boring response, but is there, a, is there a dream career, um, that you go to bed at night and like, Oh my God, if I could do this, I would be in heaven. You know, I'll tell you what I love to do. I love to cook. And I think about, you know, man, you know, if I'd wanted to be in the restaurant industries, that's another one where. You know, I think on the outside looking and it looks very glamorous and you know, you're a head chef or whatever, but that's a hard job too. So, you know, if money didn't matter and I just wanted to do something I enjoyed, I think about, you know, being a chef of a restaurant because I'd want to have, you know, people come into my restaurant and I like to entertain. I like to serve up this unbelievable meal where like, oh God, that was so good. You know, I enjoy the planning, the execution afterwards, you know sometimes too much, you know, too much food, too much booze, whatever is fun. But yeah, maybe being in a restaurant would be a, a fun. I'm afraid that it would get old too. Yeah. You know, cause that's a tough industry too. But what would you cook? What would be your cuisine? You know, uh, I'm a quarter Hispanic, you know, you would never guess with a name like Paborski, but uh, I was adopted. So I'm a quarter Hispanic. So I like cooking Mexican food. So it'd probably be something like a, you know, some crazy mole sauce you had to spend, you know, two and a half days on or whatever. It would be, uh, it would be a uh, Mexican themed. All right. Well, someday, um, uh, I'd love to see you open up a place and we'll come have a margarita and some tacos. Ronnie's taco bar. I love it. Hey, Ronnie, thank you, man. You're, uh, you're, you're a great guy. And I hope that the uh, audience, um, paid attention. I mean, you can't fake it. Ronnie is genuinely, he loves people and people love him and, you know, he's carved out a really nice life in the mortgage industry. So pay attention to that. And uh, thanks so much for taking the time to uh, come on board. You're welcome, Dirk. My pleasure, man. All right, man.